Happy Cinco de Mayo, man. Mexican Independence Day. It's the I just, greatest I just, day in Mexico. I just want to point out, you brought that up. I did not force that upon you, of course. That's what I get every <laughs> year, man. It's like, Happy Independence Day, Ozzy. I'm like, no, wrong. Everything you said is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, well, it makes it worse. I mean, I am a Mexican-American, so I know that Cinco de Mayo is not a thing. Um, well, it is a thing. It's a small victory of a battle between the Mexican and the invading French in a small town in Mexico. And, yeah, it doesn't really matter because we ended up winning that battle, but we ended up losing, and then they ended up leaving later. So it's not really much of history. I feel like that's most of Mexican history because when I look back at kind it, of a lot of it – no, I think it's kind of like – I mean, you could probably say that about most countries in general, but I look at it and I'm like – Okay, so some new guy comes in, takes everything over, the people don't like him, they kick him out, some other asshole takes over, they don't like him, they kick him out, and it just kind of keeps happening. I feel like... At the end of the day, the history of Mexico is a lot of unhappiness and a lot of terrible ruling uh, between people invading, like you said, and even now where there's no more invasion, it's just terrible corruption by the people that live there, that have always lived there. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I was looking at, I forget who the name of the character is, but he's one of the famous, like, led the farmer uprising, like, he started as a farmer. And Benito Juarez? That might have been him. Yeah, because yeah, he led the, like, siege of Mexico City or something, I don't remember. But anyway, point point being, yeah, like, people, people really liked and respected him, but he just was, he didn't. He either died before he became a leader, or he did not translate as a no, leader. That's somebody else, huh? no, yeah, Peter yeah, yeah. Morris is the first president, so yeah. that didn't work out. Oh, I remember. So yeah, didn't he? Anyway, I, I don't know. But yeah, don't there's know. your tidbit of Mexican history. Mexican Independence Day, or Mexico's Independence Day, is September 16th slash 17th. It's kind of like celebrated in two days and a night. Um, so that's the actual celebration, not Cinco de Mayo. But don't stop buying beer and eating a bunch of nachos that day. Um, mm-hmm. I saw the wonderful meme that said Mex- uh, Cinco de Mayo. Is everyone dressed up, got a bunch of sombreros on, like, yeah, we love we love Mexican food and beers. And then May 6th, get out of our country. This is America. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. That is too true. It's it's pretty true. Yeah. So All right. So, well, I'm glad that we got the history tidbit out of the way. You want to? Yeah, so. you, we've, we got your knowledge out of the way. It's time for the entertainment portion. Uh, we're back with episode four of the Triangle Anime and Manga Review. Um, this week, we are actually going to dive in into what we are, which is the anime and manga review. We actually get to start reviewing the uh, anime for season for the spring season of 2021, which is absolutely loaded. So that'll be fun. Um, but to start, um, Logan and I actually got the chance to go watch the new uh, Demon Slayer movie, the Mugen Train. Indeed we did. Uh, last weekend. Um, yeah. This movie came out, I think, probably like two, three weeks ago. Um, yeah. It wasn't that long in, in, in the United well, States. in the United States. In the United yeah. States. It's been out I said, since last year in Japan. Um, we but, actually got to watch it at the Alamo Draft House in yes, Raleigh. Which, we actually got a chance to go to a theater. Um, and I guess well, that's probably why we waited a little bit, um, just because 
COVID regulations and all like that. But I, I don't really care what anybody says. If you get like a good theater, that experience is worth going to, especially for this particular movie. But oh yeah. well, I think we're both movie people. I think we both really enjoyed the experience of movies, not just watching a movie, but experiencing a movie the way it's meant to be. And this movie is meant to be experienced in a theater because it was uh, quite the experience. Because um, everyone knows about um, Demon Slayer, it's one of the most popular animes of its time i think it's probably one of the biggest animes within the last five years um it did so well in the, the manga itself and um yeah people loved it i think as soon as the first season was done they were ready for the next season and i think whenever i finished the first season they just re announced that the continuation of the story would be a movie so finally the movie comes out and man did i i personally loved it you know it kept true to the original first season it was visually amazing the characters were great uh the story itself i knew what it was about because i've read the manga it was awesome it was just like the manga it was well done it was beautiful and saddening and everything well, that i was expecting it to be it was kind of interesting i'm not going to spoil it just yet uh i guess i'll let you draw the line when you set that up but yeah i mean i think in a lot of ways, this movie was exactly what I expected it to be. And then in some ways, I was kind of caught off guard, I guess, because I didn't fully wrap my mind around, oh, this is the arc that they're covering. And a lot of a lot of serious drama takes place in that, even though you're just thinking about, probably when you go into the movie, you're just thinking about, you know, this is Demon Slayer, they're going to fight some demons on a train. Right, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of times when you go watch anime movies, it's like completely outside of the story realm. It's like non-canon, right? But this is actually canon. This is just yeah. a mini arc, I guess, in the whole story, which it is it is a mini arc. It's not that long when you look at it. Um, actually, a lot of their arcs are kind of small. It's, just, it's In general, Demon Slayer, the manga, is a short uh, run. It's not Overall, long. it's only like 200 So chapters. each arc is yeah. kind of like, you know, probably you could do mini movies, honestly. Um, but what they did with this arc, which is the the Mugen Train arc, um, and battling um, the demons there, and meeting the fire pillar, was great. You know, it was the characters were great. I think the the movie itself was well done. I guess I'm repeating myself, but without spoiling too much, you know, obviously the, our our three heroes, you know, meet up with the fire pillar after they just got to meet all the pillars i think at the end of season one or close to the end of season one you get to meet you know these like revered uh demon slayers that are part of the organization yeah and um, and this is our first serious interaction yeah. with one i mean the first time you know it's one thing to meet the people and kind of get a feel for them it's another to actually spend time and yeah. see how they do things yeah they were on a mission right they're, yeah. they're on a mission to essentially as always defeat some demons that were invading a certain area in yeah. this case it was a train that's why it's called mugen train but i would suggest to go see it if you're a demon slayer fan i actually you have to go see it obviously because it is continuation of the story um, so did some interesting things you put down in our notes so obviously the uh first japanese film and first anime film to reach 400 million dollars Worldwide, I assume that's U.S. dollars. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I want to say it is U.S. dollars. And yet, yeah. this just goes to show how popular it was. It's not just like, oh, yeah, it's another anime movie. This is the anime movie. Like, nothing has come close to how much this has made. Well, it is interesting, I think, in a way, because as you point out, it beat Spirited Away, which was the top grossing anime movie up until this point. 
But if you look at some other anime movies, I think Your Name was very big. Mm. There was another one that came out recently that I don't remember the name of that was also very big. Um, well, like there's the Dragon Ball Super one, which it was uh, it was definitely one of the bigger ones just because of the Dragon Ball name. Right. I mean, like I think what you're starting to notice is maybe anime fandom. I'm not sure if it's like people are taking anime seriously as an art form, but it seems like the fandom is definitely bringing in more money, especially when you see a film like this, when you compare it to Spirited Away, where that's a movie kind of, anybody can come in and start it. This is a fan movie. As you pointed out, it's part of the story. It's in the middle of the story. It connects season one and season two. So you can't just come in as a blind observer and watch this movie. Which means to me that all 400 million of those people at least have some interaction with this franchise. Right. Which is huge. Well, then yeah. that, that goes ties to the the manga itself. It wasn't like the manga, like the number one selling manga of, of 2020 by like a thousand fold. Like nah. nothing was even close. So it goes to show all those people transferred into this movie. And another, I guess, different to differentiate, Spirit Away, it, I mean, I wouldn't call it an anime movie. It's an animated movie. That's like, you know, Japanese style. So I guess you'd call it anime, but it's not like an anime story. I think I see what you're right? saying. Like is this that is this is an anime movie. It's like a when you say a spirited way. I guess you're trying to compare it to more like a stylized Disney movie. Exactly. Where it's like, it's got it's got a style that is anime esque, but really the story could be placed in any yeah. kind of situation. There's no action over the top that anime like this shonen like would have nothing super dramatic it was you know it did have its its ties to japanese culture and and things like that so i i respect it as an anime movie but this is a completely different type of anime movie and for it to do so well it is kind of insane um it did it was actually the fastest growing movie in general in Japan of last year. Not hard to beat when, you know, COVID probably made things terrible. But, um, you know, the fact that it did so well, even outside of Japan, is crazy. I don't know. It's, uh, it's exciting to see that. And I think it helped reboot them to continue with season two because um, I'm, I'm ready to, to see what's next. I, I think pretty much everybody's hyped up for season two now. And I'm honestly kind of curious to see how they'll finish it. If they've got enough timing to kind of figure out if they're going to squeeze it all into one season or if maybe they're going to do what they did here, kind of get most of it out of the way and do one big finale movie. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how they decide to play it. You could it. definitely do a whole finale movie on the final battle. Uh, we're not going to spoil anything, but just based off the way it rolled because I do think Demon Slayer, the only thing I could critique it on at the moment when it came to the manga is that it kind of... Not derailed, but like it's kind of like a locomotive. It got it started picking up pace, and it just flew away. Like it, like the end of it just kind of flew. It set up well at the beginning, but the pacing at the end just just went crazy. Uh So, yeah, I mean, for now, that's what we're going to keep it to. I think I do want to emphasize the two things that I really took away from this are the art was incredible. It was on a whole other level. And I mean, if you've seen the first season, you'll know that that's true. Some of the stuff they did at the end of the first season, I was like, oh, holy yeah. crap. This is so, I'm like watching, I'm like watching, 
I know it sounds cheesy, but yeah, I'm like, oh, this painting is coming to life. Is this a picture? Is this a film? Or is this yeah, actually like animation? Yeah, and um, I think that's like the biggest driving force sometimes. You see it and you're just drawn to it. And I, that's what I told people when I suggested it to them. I'm like, it is, it is gorgeous. Like, it is just, this is what animation should be. This is, this, yeah. you have this art that you can make and you should drive the story with your animation, but you should also pull me in with your animation, right? Right. It was, and that, that aspect was fantastic. Even some of the 3D stuff that they pulled, where normally I'm kind of iffy on 3D stuff yeah. in anime, they they do a decent job. I, I, I'm not going to say that it's like beautiful like some of the actual animation stuff is, but the 3D looks good it for what for it is. For what, you, yeah. for what it is and to add to the, uh, I guess... To the to the story, um, the it added setting. to the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. The atmosphere. So yeah, um, but yeah, it would. I suggest anyone who is a fan of Demon Slayer has to go watch it. Anyone who is into anime, go watch season one, then go watch this because I I already got two friends hooked on it. My my buddy and then my sister actually told him watch Demon Slayer. You're not gonna regret it. And then now they're like, oh, one of my buddies already went to watch the movie. And my sister's like, oh, yeah, as soon as I'm done with season one, I'm going to go watch the movie. So. Well, and it's a shame because, honestly, I'd like to say that this movie, you could probably go in and just watch it and enjoy it. And I do think that's true. But you're missing out on so much. Oh, yeah. I will say that's the yeah. I mean, that's the only negative I saw on the internet. But at the same time, I'm like, why would this be a negative? You know what this is. They yeah. told you what it is. You can't watch this movie without seeing season one, like you said. If you go in there, you're going to be really lost. Yeah, uh, you're not going to really. They don't well, do a recap at all. They don't do a recap at all. I think you, there are aspects you can appreciate, just kind of like with any story. I think you'll get what's going on, mm -hmm. but oh, yeah, 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 you won't. You want other characters, really? You, you want to appreciate them. You won't have the same feel for it as if you went to go. Yeah. So yeah, there's a different aspect to that. Um, I think it sounds like uh, we're going to be saving the spoilers and like yeah, I mean, said, we'll cover it a little bit at the end. We just want to not give you guys spoilers at the end. We'll um, we'll let you know when we start the spoilers, but. Uh, and then you can skip on. Um, but yeah, that was the movie. I think uh, I think we both really enjoyed it, and it's the first movie I got to see since the pandemic, so it was quite the adventure. Um, but yeah, so now we can transfer into the actual anime. Um, so this year um, we have quite the load of anime. Uh, we're excited because uh, I think this is, from what I hear from a lot of other reviewers and a lot of friends, this is one of the best years of anime. Um, I, I'll be honest. I felt that way when it started. It's kind of toned down. Well, I think with potential, right? Like the it had the highest potential. Right. Had, there's a lot of yeah. hype. Excuse me. It's the hypest year. Well, right? and I mean a lot of that's also coming off of COVID. But yeah, to start yeah, off true. to start off the season, huge amounts of hype. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, we'll get yeah. into it. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Um, but we are we're actually going to look at four that we are watching. We're watching more than four, but we didn't want to make this too long. But four anime that we are into right now that we either really enjoy or don't, um, but we'll talk about each one. Um, but our favorite, our first one, excuse me, is Those Snow White Notes. Um, so this one, I didn't know a thing about, you told me most of these, actually I think I only told you about one of these, um, but Those Snow White Notes, it's, uh, well I guess I'll, I'll read the synopsis essentially. Um, it says, after losing his grandfather, a legendary shamisen player, Setsu is lost. He finds himself in Tokyo on a mission to discover his sound. Setsu begins to find his sound through his experiences and meeting friends. Great. Yeah. So, again, we're going to save spoilers till the end of the episode, so I'm going to try not to spoil anything. 
because that does not give you a lot to work on. Yeah, I mean, um. it's essentially, it, it's from what I read and from what I understand and from the first couple episodes I've watched, because there's only three to four episodes out, um, it's a coming-of-age story, essentially. This guy who, at first I thought was an adult, but turns out to be a kid, not a kid, he's a teenager, um, loses someone who's very important in his life and then tries to cope with that through the one thing that well, kind of tied him to his important person, which is his grandfather, which is shamisen playing. And shamisen, if you don't know, is like a stringed instrument in Japan. That's very, um, very... It, it looks like a three-string guitar. It looks like a three-string banjo. Almost sounds like it, too. Very hollow, very yeah. rural sounding. I'm just, I'm trying to make it as general as possible so people might know what you're talking about. But yeah, it's, it is like, it's got a huge neck, it's got three strings, little... And drum. Yeah, and it's got a little tiny bass drum at the bass, whereas a guitar has a much larger bass yeah. drum and has five strings. So, I think... Six, oh yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, six. I'm thinking, what am I thinking? Banjo is five. Yeah, so, I think uh, if you look at some... You've probably seen this if you're familiar with anime, because yeah. usually you'll see one person playing this at some point. But yeah, it's a it's a unique interest instrument. We don't exactly see that a lot in Western culture. No, and uh, never heard of it really. And it seems to have. I think the key difference it seems like, based on what we've seen out of the anime so far, is the shamisen has a much larger range, and maybe you're able to kind of do more with it if you're an expert player. Is what it seems to be implying. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, what do you think? I mean, as a, as a guitarist myself, um, I don't really... I don't know. I think, I think there's beauty to the instrument because it's simple in its design because it is three strings. Um, but you can do just as much with that as you can with a guitar that has six strings or a banjo that has five. Like, you... It, they, they, it's, and especially from what I've seen in this anime, it seems like you can do anything. Like, they're, they're playing some intricate pieces... That are part of the story that you see in the main character playing and other players playing, and I think that's the highlight of this anime is the music or the the display of the instrument because it's not just like oh it's a hobby. This is something that the main character like really drives his life. Like he's his life was grown. He grew up playing this, appreciating it because of his grandfather, and he doesn't know anything else but to play this. So. When yeah. essentially what drives his story is Setsu loses his grandfather, and in a way he kind of doesn't know how to play anymore because I guess he loses his sound is what they say multiple yeah. times. So I won't really count this as a spoiler because this is like within the first few yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's, that's literally. But basic, basically, the implication seems to be that he learned how to play from his grandfather. He didn't learn it like a normal person would, where they learn how to read. And his grandfather is like the prodigy of all prodigies of this instrument. It seems to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he didn't learn from playing paper notes, and he didn't re learn to read paper. He just knows how his grandfather played, and he learned how to play. And his grandfather, on his deathbed, was basically like, you need to find your own sound and stop copying all the stuff I did. And you know, when your grandfather tells you something like that, I think he took it to mean like, so I've just been copying him my whole life, so everything I've been doing is meaningless. When as really, I think his grandfather's implication seems to be, you need to go into the world and find become your own man something, yeah, yeah. to make yourself have you have a unique sound that isn't just 
replicating other people's sound. Because that, that's the other thing I think at least this anime seems to be trying to get across is that like each song with the shamisen can be played in a different way by the person to kind of tell a different story is what they seem yeah. to be implying. Where it's like this person will play it in a kind of sad and so- solemn way whereas Setsu, the main character, seems to play very aggressive and high high tonal high uh sorry not tonal yeah high uh tempo tempo high high energy well at the same time like i think this is one of the things they do well in this anime is that they show and this is what you can do with anime is they show the feeling that the person invokes with their music like when one of the other uh shamisen players played it almost felt like a wintry night it was like cold and like desolate but it's not like the guy was like depressed. It's just the way he played it. It was it just invoked that feeling, and right. they showed it. Um, and then uh, Setsu, I think he does play high energy stuff. But when he actually played one piece at the end, uh, at the end of like episode four, he played this piece to this elderly woman, and it gave her like like visions of like a sunset. And at the end, she told him that he plays gentle. He has a very gentle way to play. He's a very gentle heart, just like his grandfather. So they do a good job of like setting the scene of the music, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which I don't get at all, because Setsu's kind of a dickbag. But yeah. You know, so I, yeah, I, I, I guess we can talk about Setsu as a character. He is—he's probably the most entertaining person in the cast, and he—I still don't necessarily like him that much. Uh, I guess my key thing, and we'll probably talk about this more in spoilers. Setsu is kind of like a blank canvas character. There's a lot of potential there. When you're basically setting a coming-of-age story where you're like, find your own music. That's a very vague term. You can basically do anything with that. And I don't, at least in the beginning, I don't think that that served them well. Because he's kind of all over the place in terms of his actions, um, where he ends up, what he ends up doing. Like, there seems to be a big tonal shift across the board in the first few episodes, which is fine because I really came for the music and the playing, so I'm not that worried about the story. But, you know, you, you kind of need it to, like, pick a lane, if that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah, I, I can understand what you're saying. Um, I definitely think it was – at first I thought it was due to the situation that Setsu was in, but I think it's just the way Setsu is. Yeah. Um, and – I don't necessarily like it as much, kind of like what you just said. Um, right. We can go into detail, but in general, the the story's cool. I do like the drive. What drives it is this art, and it is entertaining for me. I am, you know, in a, I am a musician, so it is cool to see all this music that's, you know, I would say not modern, not temporary. Oh it's yeah, very, you know, old school, rural. And an appreciation for stuff like that is really – it's really nice to see that because, you know, a lot of times you just look at this and you're like, oh, yeah, it's a three-string instrument. Can I, you know, play it loud? I'm like, no, it's not about that. It's about art and – Yeah. So it's cool. It's I, about kind of telling a story, which I think true, is the yeah. original intent. I mean all music is about telling a story, but this one in particular seems – that seem to really be focused on that. And I will say uh, – you wanted us to talk about intros. I uh, kind of skipped my mind, but I'm like, this is probably one of the better intros musically and artistically. They put a lot of effort into both. Um, and I think I like that they work in the shamisen, as you pointed out, yeah. which is a key factor. Yeah. yeah, they do a good job of um, 
the the pieces that's themselves in the anime so far. The, I think there's been four, um, I guess, pieces that they've played, and they're all great. Like they're all they all give me, like I'll sit there and just listen. Like it's 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 wonderful to sit there and just be able to take in this music like if it was a performance in a concert and that's what I feel sometimes mm. and yeah the intro is great it's um, one of my favorite things when it comes to anime is knowing that it's got a good OP knowing that it's going to grasp me immediately and make me say I want to watch that or I'm glad I'm watching this not what am I watching or why am I watching this and this intro is great. It does a good job, like you said, of displaying the shamisen, and uh, it's upbeat. So, um, so far, I've enjoyed it. I look forward to it continuing because it does drag a little bit. I will say that. Gotcha. All right. But yeah, um, next we get to get on to the most exciting one: to your eternity. Um, so, Logan, you wanna? Fill us in on the, the synopsis of this. The one? most exciting one? Okay. That's an interesting way to put it. So, to your eternity. So, I'll read your synopsis, but in the beginning, an orb is cast unto Earth. It can do two things change into the form of that which stimulates it, and it can come back to life. It becomes Fushi and learns through its experiences. So, I think that's kind of a vast oversimplification. But yeah, you know, that's basically, that is basically the story. So,. This orb, whatever it is, seems to have been put on Earth by God, and we're not really sure what its exact purpose is, but the key thing, to your eternity, the orb is essentially immortal, and I guess is trying to learn to experience new things by being stimulated by different creatures or different items on Earth. Like, I think it becomes a rock at first, it becomes a dog, then it becomes a human, you know. So, and it's, and, you know, vastly oversimplifying things. So, yeah. yeah, so it's kind of going through these experiences, Fushi being the human, and it's kind of going through all this. No, wait, Fushi's the dog? Fushi is the human. Fushi is the human. So, yeah, so it's going through all these experiences and kind of learning all new things about the world. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it was interesting because when I, first, when I first saw it, like the picture it shows is a dude and a dog. So I was like, sweet, this looks cool. I like dogs. I have dogs. So I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the show. That was... Well, I really quickly learned that you can't judge a book by its cover. Because as soon as... Like, the intro was just like, oh, this is fantasy. This is sci-fi. What is going on? Um, but yeah, like, he becomes a rock. The orb. It's not a he. It's an orb. It becomes a rock. Um, and as soon as I, I, I stopped there and I thought to myself, what if nothing came to that rock? Ever. Can we... Can nothing we, would stimulate it. Can we just... Huh? Can we uh, can we just be honest? Can we just talk about spoilers? It's going to be yeah, impossible. You, you can't. Not it, talk it's about impossible spoilers. to not talk about. Okay, so spoilers from this point on. Like, yeah, no, there was a distinct possibility going back to the rock. It could have just sat there forever. Like, who knows? Like, or millions of years. I don't know how long a rock lasts exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, it it didn't necessarily say how long he was there, but. It, he could have never been stimulated. He he was there for long it, enough for it to be like it was used to be warm, and now there's like snow. Yeah, on, and then moss grew on it and stuff like yeah. that. So it was there at least you know a couple seasons. Um, yeah. But essentially, the next thing that happens was a wolf slash dog. It's a wolf, I believe. Uh, shows up and dies on the rock from an, from an injury yeah, that it previously received. Which I, I love the I believe. So the, you came to me and you're like, because I was hyping this up, and I honestly do think it's great, but I think your worst question to me is, oh, there's a dog. 
is everything okay with the dog? And I was like, Yeah, that was my first question. You are, you are not gonna, you're not gonna like it. <laughs> yeah. As, as a dog person, this was not a, no, it wasn't bad. It was just he died from an injury, and that's fine. It was, it was one thing if it gets attacked and he's saving his animal, saving his owner, and he dies valiantly. That shit tugs in my heart strings. I don't want to watch that. Um, but anyway, the dog essentially stimulates the rock somehow by just dying on it. Yeah. And he becomes the dog. He becomes a dog. Because I thought it interesting that he essentially becomes a copy of the dog, but the dog still stays there. Yeah. The so, corpse, corpse is still there. Yeah. I thought he would take over the body. No. And like... Because he I, didn't do that with the rock either. He just turned into a rock. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah, yes, true. Yeah, so he becomes a dog, and he finds himself trying, I guess... Because they're in what seems to be the middle of the Arctic. Yeah. Um, so it's like a wolf, like a white wolf. Um, but the white wolf ends up finding a person who ends up actually being said owner of the dog. The dog. Who used to be the yeah. dog. Um, and this owner is in the middle of the Arctic by himself. Um, yeah. Just, he's, he's what I thought was the title character, but you soon find out he also, you know... Dies horribly. Dies Sadly, and um, the, it's probably uh, one of the more brutal, most dragged out things in the well, entire episode. I will say the first episode was great, um, mainly because it it had like all the ranges of the of emotions. Like I was happy because the dog getting to meet his master, and, and I mean, this was not the dog anymore. This was a, a or, but the in orb, a sense, but yeah. yeah, in a sense, learning about his master and learning. You know, his master was a very happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Was talking about meeting up with his family slash village that were on the other side of the Arctic in the forest somewhere. Yeah. And he was telling all these wonderful stories about his past life with his family. And it was just happy. And then at the same time, you know, the, you had the whole dog situation, so that was kind of sad. Um, and then you had this whole adventure situation because at one point he decides to set off to go find his family. Um, and mind you, this is a kid on his own. I, I would think he's a kid. He seems like maybe a late teenager, uh, maybe a young adult. Yeah, I mean, he'd probably be on the verge of adulthood. Yeah, yeah right. So um, I, they don't say an exact age, yeah. but yeah. You know. So he ends up crossing the Arctic. Unfortunately, things things transpire, and he ends up losing his life. Um, and it's what some in an accident, almost a la like. Um, What's that movie where the dude like eats berries and just like doesn't know how to take care of himself, so he ends up dying? Oh, there's a lot. Like, <laughs> I was thinking of the like, into the wild. Into the wild. Yes, that's it. It reminded me of Into the Wild. I was like, dude, this guy obviously doesn't know what's going on. He's gonna die, and he does. Well, in a sense, though, it's also, and I guess this kind of touches on your point. This is a really hard anime to talk about uh, because there's so much tragedy in it. But I think that's also kind of the point. But yeah, he kind of makes a decision because his family essentially left without him. He's like, I can't stay out here forever. What's best for me is to kind of move forward and at least try and catch up with them because I can't stay out here forever. And, you know, he's got his blind optimism. Yeah. Eventually he catches up with their wagon train after a very exhaustive journey, finds out essentially that they all died or they appear to have all died. And you know um, what was in that in yeah. that in that moment it was so saddening because he seems to be a very like like not happy but like optimistic person. So even when he was breaking down he was like like 
kind of making positive notes. He was just like, ah, oh, you see, they were here. They were here. Yeah. And it's like, see, it is possible to come out here. And it's like, dude, like, it it's, was harder for me to accept that because he wasn't accepting it either. I guess and, uh, it made me sadder to see him like not accepting the reality. Yeah, but I think also the key difference between him and say Into the Wild was it's like he he could have lived a life out there by himself forever. Right. But how much of a life is that? Whereas you know, so he he made an active choice to be like I'm going to take the risk. Uh, Into the Wild was kind of different in the sense that he had no reason to be out there, but you know. Well, whatever. I think he, Into yeah. the Wild, he thought the same thing. Like, he thought, like, I'm not really living a life worth living where I'm at, so I want to do this to get a different experience. At the same time, this is America. You are a well-off person. You should at least prepare yourself. This guy had no other hope. I mean, yeah. he was in the middle of nowhere, and no so one So his only him. option was either right. go or don't. Yeah, or don't. So he had less options. But yeah, so and then after that, the assimilation continues. Uh, this the wolf ends up becoming the kid, the kid, the guy. Yeah, because uh, we never Pretty get a name true. for him um, at yeah. all. So he ends up becoming this guy, and the story continues when he finally does make it past the the right. Arctic and makes it into like a forest, and apparently into more civilization. Which is also not an easy journey for him. So we don't know that the kid would have even made it. No, apparently not because the, the, the guy died five times. Yeah, the orb, times. The orbs, Six times. Well, yeah, the orb keeps dying, but because he can go farther, he's immortal. He just gets back up and keeps going, yeah. So, well, I, thought, I thought it was cool that they mentioned that because he, the, they, they made it a point to mention that the orb doesn't know things. He, he, he learns through experiences. So when he became the human, he didn't know that he had to eat. He didn't know that he had to take care of himself in a way like uh, hygiene wise and yeah. poop itself so he ended up like excrementing on himself he ended up dying of exhaustion because he didn't eat so I, that was interesting that they did that um, you know small, minor details yeah I mean there's a lot to like about this show um, and we're just at the beginning of it yeah there's I think that's my favorite part about this show is it asks some deep philosophical questions that a lot of stories hadn't really up until that point, and it really hits you hard when you kind of think about it. Um, I don't know how long the first season is, if they're only doing 12 or if they're doing a full 24, because they've got enough chapters they could probably do 24. Yeah, because there's but, a, the manga's going on, I think it's on uh, 140 chapters. So. Yeah, but they've, think, uh, they've uh, uh, yeah, so they can decide which way they want to go with it. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping they get through at least the first three or four arcs if they manage that i think we'll be in a good spot and uh it's a it's a good series i highly recommend checking it out yeah i uh, i also do recommend it and another thing i have to note about it is the soundtrack to this is absolutely wonderful so another thing that drove the story is the music that was used i don't know who did the soundtrack to it or whatever but there were moments of you know, in, in these moments of sadness and in these moments of joy, there was music throughout, and it was done so well. It almost felt like a movie. Like in, in that first episode, it felt like a movie to me, watching this and experiencing these things that this kid was experiencing, and knowing that sometimes the soundtrack is kind of left behind and you just have you know silence. Yeah. But the music was great. Um, so that's another thing that really well, blew me away with this manga. Speaking of the music, the intro is very good i don't think it's 
artistically, I don't think they try as hard as they did in, say, Snow White Notes. But I think uh, they don't try to push the limits of animation, let me put it that way. But they cover a lot of the story points. And I think the key thing with the song is it touches on, I think, one of the key aspects of the show, which is that things are beautiful but also fleeting. And that's also part of what makes them beautiful. And I think yeah. that's really nice. It co- It's good about the song. It draws an interest with all the stuff that it covers in this show animation. So I'm interested to see. I, I And the person who sings it is uh, the same person who sang, like, all, like, half of the good, um, what are they called? Um... Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Heart songs like yeah. uh, what's your name uh, Hikaru Utada. Oh hell yeah, simple and clean, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So she sings it, um, and it's it's a great song. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a must watch. I think if you, it's weird because it, it, I, I don't I, know what to classify it as. It's a fantasy because well, obviously there's fantasy aspects. It's a uh, it's, it's definitely drama. Too. It's a I'd say it's best classified as a fantasy drama, but. I think the key thing here is this is probably going to be the anime that outlasts all the other anime this season from like a... It's 20 episodes, by the way. From a popularity... From like a standpoint of like this is a... Not popularity, sorry. From a artistic standpoint, standpoint. Yeah, I think this will end up being one of the most well-regarded anime this season. It, it already but, is. I yeah. mean, it's already like one of the... I think it had like a 9 rating on most things that I saw. High yeah. 8s. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's a hard watch, but it's worth it. Let's put it yeah. that. But I want to I want to feel that. I want right. to feel those. Let's, let's talk about the one you want to talk about. All right? Hell yeah. So. Slime? No, I'm just kidding. Um, we got Odd Taxi. Um, Odd Taxi is one that I think... I don't think you were watching, and I think I brought it up. I was like, you know... This oh yeah I saw like a YouTube video about it and they were like oh yeah Odd Taxi this looks cool and then just from the visuals itself I was like I'm I'm in um, well yeah I didn't so, know anything about the story so this was from Mother's Basement you showed me that like most anticipated oh that's right that's right and honestly I had heard of Odd Taxi but I had the exact opposite reaction of you I looked at sure. the art and I was like oh this is dumb I ain't touching this but uh, yeah. So I think the key thing. Do you want to do the summary, or can I just say? No, go for it. We can say. So, so the the story plot is the story of Odokawa, a taxi driver, and his encounters of people in the city. Odo is a very reserved and interacts with his few friends. His interactions and conversations lead to a mysterious story of a high school girl gone missing, and even that's kind of inaccurate. I would say this. I think just take out the part about the high school girl missing. This is really about the interactions of people and how they all tie together. I I think, and I keep saying this, I don't know if this means anything to you. Uh, if you ever watched the TED Talk uh, by, what's the name of that director? He did like the Star Wars movies and all that. Steven Spielberg? No, or Star Trek oh, movies. Oh, excuse me, not Steven Spielberg. George Lucas? No, Star Trek movies, I'm sorry. Uh, he did all the new ones and he did yeah, yeah, like Super that. 8 and all that stuff but anyway point being that guy's got a theory called like the mystery box where he's like if you give people enough information to try and fill in the blanks they want to keep staying invested in your story because they want to find out what's in the box <laughs> like sense. the end of 7 um, so in this case though yeah everything everything the way that these characters interact and the way that 
you know, there are certain mysteries out there, like the missing schoolgirl, like, you know, missing finances or missing objects or, you know, people doing questionable things. And that's really what drives you in the story, because each of these people are still interacting with each other and they look perfectly normal on the surface. But as the story goes along, you're like, what's actually going on with this person? Like, what are they hiding? What are they doing? What's yeah. what's what's you know, how is this going to play out? Like, we know so and so's after something. How are they going to get it? You know, there's all kinds of like, how far are people willing to go? And that's really what drives the story because the plot itself is pretty straightforward it is exactly what you said is in yeah, this no, there's summary to it because of how the people interact and i think the biggest comparison i read and it made sense because the whole time i was watching these and this is just four episodes there are four episodes out right now um and the whole time I'm like i think this it's is five episodes, five okay, episodes. No, i think the fifth one just came out yeah, yeah, yeah. so we, i've watched four i haven't watched the fifth but the whole time as I was watching all these things unfold, knowing that they all connect, I was like, this is a movie essentially broken up, broken into like an anime episode, episodic series. Um, but I was trying to think what like director or what movies I was thinking of. But somebody had said it's like a Tarantino movie where it's just like there's so many good characters within the movie and they all kind of interact. And it is that kind of mystery box thing where you don't really know what each person is did what or whatever but you want to find out how it all ties together jj abrams JJ Abram. okay. yeah so i would say it's got that aspect but i think you're right it does feel more like a tarantino movie because it's got the jj abrams aspect of like let's keep everything hidden below the surface but it's also got the it's definitely got and that's probably why i like it so much it's uh, it's got that aspect of like each of these characters are real people right. and they're just having conversations. Yeah, none of them feel like extras, right? It's well, like, and none of them feel like oh, this guy, well, maybe some some of them feel like, this guy this guy is going to murder me or something or this guy's out to get me. There's nothing like that. There's no like direct suspicion or overhanging issues. They're just kind of like people doing their daily work and the tension builds and builds as these kind of like secrets start coming to light. And right. that's where the the fascination kind of continues. We're, yeah. Oh my god. Well, I think what was so good about this was in the first three episodes, they focus on introducing the main character, which is Otokawa, who is the walrus. Um, I'll call walrus from now on. Cuckoo, kachu. Um, but he, the taxi driver, so he goes every episode. It seems like he's meeting meeting a, a very interesting person from like a, a hippo guy. To a baboon. Oh, we forgot to mention this is a story where all the characters are animals. It's an yeah. anim, uh, what, what do you call it? Anim, anim. No, it's uh, it's not Zootopia or anything like that. I no, don't know what just you're... like Zootopia. Like they're all animals. They're not furries though. They're also not like uh, beasts. They're not. Animals. It's not beast. They're like beast war. Yeah, they're like it's just like beast stars. They're all animals. Well, beast stars. They had them like. Fucking like whoa, whoa, well, no! I'm just saying the setting is the same. Yeah, it's a real life setting, but instead of humans or instead of mutants or anything, they're just animals. Yeah, I would think the key thing that but I but they was, act like they act like humans. Yeah, I think my key thought is they are, but let's put it this way: there, there's no like politics behind them being animals. They're just. Animals? Yeah, instead of humans, are just animals. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like, oh, the carnivores are after the herbivores. No, it's like, no, no, no. That, that's that's just... the plot of yeah, Zootopia, yeah, yeah. not yeah, the setting. That's yeah, the plot. Yeah, yeah. 
And I'm just so, throwing that out no, there. No, we're not going that deep into it. It's just they're animals. The, the funny thing is no one's mentioned anything about them being animals. Like, like they don't talk about animals as a thing. So that's why I think I, it's like... I think there's like one reference made of it with the comedians. But I think it's like even that's kind of like a, a joke. It was a even joke, that's right? a joke, yes. Yeah. So it's like... They're poking... Maybe, part of me thinks this is a human telling a story but dressing it as... Well, no, it's kind of amusing because it's like I think it's the the horse is telling the story, but he's like, "Man, Homo sapiens are not funny." And I was like, "That's hilarious!" Because not that's only funny. have we not seen a human so far, that's just like, could yeah. just be a guy saying, "Yeah, not funny. We, yeah, human exactly. beings, yeah, we're yeah, not, not funny." Right? Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there. But yeah. anyway, well, yeah. So I like what I was what I was saying was for the first three episodes they set up the the origins of the story, and then the fourth episode they don't touch on the main character at all. They go to a side character who helps drive said story, and I really appreciated that because some of my favorite episodes in series, and even like non-comedic series, like serious series, are times where you can take away from this from the main plot and focus on characters that do deserve some light, do deserve some time, and they did that with episode four and the cat who, um, you know, watch episode four. It's great. He gets his own little mini arc, and it does lead into how it will drive the rest of the episodes in the series. So it was cool because you could do that and it was still good. It was still entertaining. And like every time I watch it, I'm like on the edge of my seat. I'm just like, like what are you telling me? Like, what are you... Like, how what, can is, I, what can I take from How this? are all the pieces going to come together? Right. It yeah. definitely feels like a puzzle. And... Well, it's like... it's never. It was never meant to be a mystery or a puzzle, yeah. but it does feel that way. I mean, you know, it, it's it's... Tough to describe without watching it because there's so many weird aspects. But yeah, the tension, it feels like a very good... <laughs> I don't know if this translates really well, but it feels like a very good poker game. Where, you know, like, everybody... You don't... Except you don't necessarily know what everybody has in their hand. So you're kind of getting glimpses of, like, all these people talking and building up. But you don't know necessarily how it's going to play out. And you might have a vague idea right. of yeah. what... This person, what this person has thing, it going right? in, you're like, but you're not really sure. Right. So you're kind of like, how is this going to play out? The only person you yeah. know, everything you need to know about is the hippo. Um, um, oh, Instagram he, star. I'm not gonna. I don't want to. Yeah, episode five's got stuff with him too. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that's yeah. all. You, well, so far from what we've learned, he, you you know him and nothing else. But I'm sure he gets twi- tied into this. But yeah, yeah. Really, it, that's it, this is probably our dark horse of the season. Yeah, I will say it's one that I think goes unnoticed because it's not you know you're shown in. It's not actiony. It doesn't look like any of the other animes because of the way it's drawn. It's drawn beautifully. I like the setting. I like the whole animals kind of thing uh, without them knowing that it's animals. I think that's the best part about it. It's like yeah, they're animals, but they don't. It's not like Zootopia where like oh the giraffes are doing something that giraffes would make sense they're doing. Like, the sloths were working at the DMV because they're slow. Yeah. Like, they weren't pointing out that they're animals in the yeah. story yet. I mean, as, of, as of yet. Like, yeah. the first four episodes. So it's kind of cool the way they're... Unless there's some, there. like, Japanese puns that we're missing, which I don't think Could those. Yeah, but I think they usually try to note those out and make sure that the English people understand that that is a pun. And continuing our trend of discussing openings at the end of the review, I, uh... This is probably the best opening. I do uh, like this opening. It is very chill, and it gives you the feeling of sitting in a taxi at night and driving through the city. And the art... So, I, I think many people might debate, like, is the art any good for the intro? I 
loved it because it's very abstract. It kind of reminds you of a starry night, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, the Van Gogh painting where it all kind of blurs together, and I'm like, it's really pretty. And just the chill vibe of the whole thing is, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, it really sets you up for the story. Yes. So great, great, uh, great opening song. It's one that I added to my playlist. I now have an anime opening playlist because it t- took me down. Why not? Well, yeah, because yeah, why not? And it took me down the watching all this anime again. Took me down the rabbit hole of openings, and then I realized how many openings I've watched as my in my anime career, and how many of them were great. So I made a huge playlist with everything, and this one's right on there. Alrighty, now now the one that you were definitely waiting to talk about. So uh, our favorite, our least favorite one, I can tell you that much without a doubt, and one that we really only watched because our other friend Kevin uh, is an asshole. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess because he keeps talking about it, but I think he was just being sarcastic the entire time. And I hope um, so because <laughs> he was hyping up. I've been killing slime for three hundred years, and that's out on my level. level. So gotta get that. Full title in there. Oh, yeah. You got to get the full title. Um, so, yeah. I mean, just from looking at the art of from the front, you know, on Crunchyroll or whatever I was looking at, I was not I was not in any way intrigued at all. I mean, it's got four or five girls. It looks like it's a cutesy, fartsy, like, uh, girl mm-hmm. kind of pulling at your heartstring kind of anime. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was about, but... I quickly learned that it started out as an isekai because it's about this woman who overworks herself and dies, and she comes back as a witch. And literally, in the first episode, she spends 300 years fighting slimes just by – what she does is she ends up like living her life. She wants to live a simple life, but every day yeah. she like encounters slimes, and she kills 25 every day for 300 years. So, so that – we talked about like cheat characters, you know, yeah. last okay, week. Yeah, her her cheat character really isn't like anything strength based. Her cheat is that like she's immortal, and because like I guess she died so young from overworking, and I think the deity like wanted to give her like a long peaceful life or something. So she's immortal, and yeah, as you said, you know, to us, you know, killing twenty five slimes a day is probably not going to do much. But if you're doing it for three hundred years. Like, yeah, that, that stuff adds up eventually. Yeah, so she's maxed out. She's level 99, and yeah. that's where the story really unfolds. It's her encountering people, whether that be adventurers or opponents that come to challenge her because she is level 99. It's like, hey, let me go beat the final boss of a game. Well, she's the final boss, essentially, because there's no one stronger than her. Yeah. And, you know, she's got, she's got encounters from adventurers trying to battle her or people asking her questions or asking for her protection um one of the episodes was like a dragon trying to like battle her because she's like i i think i'm the strongest let's battle and it's funny because i it is a funny anime i will say that It, it there are parts of it that are funny but that's all i get i don't really get anything else out of it but you know it's kind of funny because the main character she's the strongest thing in the world but she doesn't want to be that so it's kind of like it's it is funny that you know, to start out, she died from overworking, and now she just wants to chill. She don't want to be touched. I'm like, I do like that aspect. I do like I, that she said, "Hey, in my previous life, I did this, and this new life, I'm not, I'm not working. I'm done." So, I do appreciate the kind of over, over the top. It's just, it's just what it is. Sorry, over the top is not the right term. It's just what it is on the can. This is it. She's immortal. It's a comedy. 
you get what you you get what you pay for. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, you're not getting a lot of nuance. You're not getting a lot of complicated like romantic stories or anything like that. This is just like what it says on the tin. She did this thing. She is the she is super powerful now. Comedy ensues. That's, well, yeah, I think yeah. What, it went from being an isekai to kind of being a slice of life so far. I think the first, yeah, the se- second and third episode were all slice of life. It was just her encountering people and building relationships with said people. There are fantasy aspects as as one would have with her being a witch and being in a fantasy world, but they're very minor. They're, yeah. Most of it's like, hey, I'm going to use this to solve a problem, not like, hey, this is driving the story. So. Again, it just feels like a slice of life, and I don't necessarily really enjoy the characters. I think half of them just seem boring and very, uh, what's it called, generic for this isekai type of story. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna be honest. I think I don't. I don't think this is your rating. Um, Ozzy has really, been giving a rating. Uh, Ozzy wrote the show notes, and he's got ratings next to all these anime. I don't know that this is your rating. If no, this is I just found it good. from anime. My anime or My something. My anime list, yeah. Yeah. So, this is rated a 7. I think, uh, depending on your taste, this probably should be like a 5 or a 4. This is just not a good anime. Well, I think yeah. there, there's definitely an audience. I think there, there are people who... The audience really... is younger girls and... I think there's a lot of guys who like this stuff, man. And guys who are into weird shit. Like okay, so yes, we're not that weird. We're pretty straightforward. And maybe that makes us a little bit boring. But... I do like Nagataro, man, and that's weird too. Yeah, that's fine. I think that's got a different aspect to it. That's got more character development. I think this is just kind of... Let me rephrase that. Not guys that are weird. I think this is for younger guys where the story is just very simplistic. And like I said, it's very simplistic. Nothing changes. Characters aren't developing. You read it. Like, I got my bit of comedy this week. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, I think people go to it for... The relaxation time when it comes to anime. That doesn't make yeah. it good. No, no, I, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that does make it good for the people who want that. In my, in my eyes, I don't go to anime to watch a relaxation type of anime. I want action. I want drama. I want the things that I don't get in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, in my life, I get plenty of relaxation. I'm chill. I don't need a chill, relaxed anime of girls, really. Um, maybe once it gets into more of the slice of life, like relationship kind of thing which i really enjoy you know i i enjoy relationships growing as people and getting to know people even if it's a fantasy setting or if it's a real life setting um uh, but it hasn't done any of that so far so we'll see uh, i don't know and the intro is absolutely terrible it's it is a girl by, by far the worst talking for about 50 percent of it and we mean legit talking like she's talking to the rhythm but talking Not well that. i don't know if that's the intense like I, I again I don't speak Japanese, but it's like very and I'm like, wow, there's so much I don't understand what's going on here. Um yeah, it's it's just not a good intro. I don't know why they picked that. It's not it's not very good. But uh Yeah, it's ready to seven. I would give it at best at best a six. Yeah, so uh no, I don't have a whole lot to say about that. I don't like it. I don't recommend it. Unlike the other three on this list, I can't. I yeah, cannot. the other three, I would, I would definitely recommend all three of them. Um, I think the weakest one out of the other three so far is those Snow White notes. I think it, it'll develop as a story. I think it's taking a little wanna, longer. I want to come back because I think 
We'll have to come back later because I want to kind of do spoilers since we came back to spoilers late. But I also, you know, we, we got some other things we want to cover. But essentially, I think the story is starting to figure out its path. I just hate that because usually, you know, the first chapter is like set up and then the second is like, okay, now we know where we're going. Mm. This one took four or five chapters, depending on your perspective. I think it did take before four, it, yeah. Before it finally decided... Four or five episodes where it finally decided, okay, you know what? This is the direction we're going in. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a lot of time to like build up your character and make a determination. But anyway, I I, I still think the art and the musical performances are worth it. Yes. So uh, before, so we're going to talk about these later, but do you want to talk about your other anime that you're watching right now? So, yeah, um, these are ones that we may review at a later time just due to you know time constraints. Um, the ones that I'm watching now um, are Don't Toy With Me Nagataro. I think that one's a big one that people are interested slash critique a lot. Um, Tokyo Avengers, which I am big on. I'm actually really enjoying this. Um, and I guess out of those ones, the ones that I'm most excited for that are left are Shaman King, the reboot of it. Which I was a huge Shaman King fan back in the day. Um, read all of the manga and I'm excited to see what they do with the anime and I want to watch the new season of Megalobox the Nomad and I Megalobox. think technically you're also watching not Slime Diaries because those are like side stories but you are watching the Slime series I am watching I started watching a Slime series I am yeah. I, I'm mainly talking about the stuff that's coming out this season well yeah it's a weird one because like I think Slime's kind of doing what they did with the uh, Demon Slayer, the train, because they're like essentially saying we're extending this whole story across three seasons because we did, you know, the most recent season, then we're doing like these side episodes, and then we're continuing into the next season. season. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like you never. Same time, right? So, yeah, so it's like you never really get a break. You just kind of get like this mini side story thing. So it's that's kind of a neat idea. I don't know that it really works because I don't think as many people are interested in the side stories. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know why they would do that now. I think they should do it during a dry spell, and you know, then do it differently at a different time. But I am watching season one, and I do like it, so I will probably tr- check out season two. I will definitely check out season two, and I may try the diaries. Yeah, so. I, I am also. So what I'm watching, the two big ones that you didn't cover. I think I'm watching Vivi, and I'm watching the continuation of So I'm a Spider, So What, which is the Spider Isekai. I know you love those, Ozzy. Um, Vivi is fantastic. Uh, I believe the full title is Vivi Fluoride Eye Song. Fluoride Song, yeah. And it's a... It is a ride. Um, yeah, we that there's a lot to unpack with that one, but it's it's great. I absolutely love that one. So I'm a Spider basically just picks up where it left off. Uh, I think this one's just the main character uh, is just so much, has so much charisma. It's really hard to stop enjoying like her presence because you're like, it's incredibly relatable despite the fact that she's a spider and just everything she deals with is kind of amusing. So yeah, I think there's other, there's definitely some other good ones out there like uh, the, um, Zombie, Zombieland Saga. Zombieland Saga. Um, 86, 86, I heard, is really good. 
Um, so 86 is just like, I can only deal with so much drama because that's right. Those... That, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, that's... I saw it and it just seems way dramatic because it's like a war zone kind of like, yeah. like, um, government control slash racist involved thing. And I'm like, oh man, that is way too much like real life. I don't need that. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it kind of deals with the like, what is the measure of a human and sacrificing people. But I'm like, I'm already got to your eternity, which is, Killing me emotionally. That one hits you hard. And then Vivi, which does not hit as hard, but has a lot of those same aspects where it's like, what is the measure of a human versus an android? Yeah, but I think... And I'm just like, I can't deal with I this, I think, like, man. to your attorney, at least, like, backs off the pedal sometimes. I think... Like, th- like episode two... Well, episode two, no, not episode two. Episode three was, was very, like, very <laughs> joyful in comparison to episode one and two. Yeah. So I, I did like that. I like when you can change the tone but still drive the story because you're setting up characters and you're setting up relationships. And I'm sure 86 has its fair share, but it just seems dark and gloomy. And I'm Well, just... I, I just need to find a time. like, And maybe I'm totally wrong because, um, again, I haven't watched it. I just need to find a time like when I'm past these other stories True. that I can just sit down and be like, okay, I can actually appreciate this. I'm not going to be bummed out because I'm dealing with all these other stories at the same time. Um, um, I do have to mention, the one that I just found out about today um, is Higahiro. Higahiro. I shaved and brought home a high school. Yes, so I shaved my beard and brought home a high school. So, believe it or not, the most upsetting part for the internet was in this version, I think in the manga he actually does, but in the anime version, he does not actually shave. Because he starts out without a beard, and then, uh, but he does bring home a high school. So spoilers. Okay, well that's the important <laughs> part of the story, not the beard. <laughs> he does. But yeah, so it's weird because, like, just based off the title, I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, it sounds like it could be an interesting story. But literally, I heard what it was about today. Like, this girl literally s- wants to sell herself to stay with this guy, like in a sexual way. And I'm like, oh shit, like this is this is legit because I watched a clip and it's like, let's do it. And it's a story about him living with her and being like, nah, dog, I'm a respectable human, not some weeb, you know? Yeah, see, I, I read... So let me... I, I, I like the pot, plot synopsis and I get the idea. Um, I'm kind of worried. I haven't watched the show yet and I've only read so much of the manga. People really hold this guy up on a pedestal online and that always concerns me because I'm like, so how... So how realistic is this? Or how good is this guy? Because I, I think he becomes kind of a champion for nice guy people. But I like the idea in and of itself where it's like, you know, this guy, he's not doing it for bad purposes. He's taking care of this girl and she's, uh, instead of paying him back sexually, is just doing it, stuff for him as a maid. And he's like respecting her privacy and doing all the proper stuff. So yeah, I have no problem with that. I kind of worry... When you get into the whole, like, holding people up as being like, oh, see, this is how guys should act. I'm like, I, I, uh, uh. No, because we know all, all of you would go to horny jail immediately yeah. if, it took, if it took a turn. I just, I just, I just get really, like, I'm like, okay, let's be careful about this. But no, maybe I'll read it and maybe I'll feel differently. I'm just, you know. Or watch it. I, I'm, I am trying to come in with my uh, hopes 
you know, a little lower. So, that so I don't, not yeah, dashed yeah. as quickly. Yeah, so I will I, say it's it's probably an anime that I'm going to have to watch when my wife's asleep because I don't need her po- poking in and being like, what you watching? And, of course, anytime she's not watching, I'm watching action anime with a bunch of guys and big muscly things. But as soon as she pops in, it's a girl pulling her shirt down and being like, let's do it. Oh, you know what series you're going to want to watch uh, next season? Nagataro. Oh, well, that... I was going to say there's a... One about uh, this guy who makes uh, cosplay clothing for a girl is basically porn. <laughs> so, like, Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I, I can't so remember. So now we're going to have the anime recommendation of the week. Yeah. Sono, what's it? Sono Boost, whatever. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it another time. But yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of are there. Do you want to talk about the anime? No, we're not going to talk about the anime. All right. We've got plenty of animes. And if you have any anime to recommend, please reach out to us because. Uh, even though we have plenty to watch, I'm always open to some new stuff that you know maybe we didn't cover. I'm sh- there's so much this season that I'm I know we didn't touch on everything that everyone's watching. Even other people that I watch don't touch on the stuff that I'm watching. So if there's things that we're missing and that we should be watching, you know, let us know. All right. So but yeah. So that's the anime part. So now we can uh, transition into the physical part. The Let's get physical, baby. The manga. So I love your notes. Uh, thoughts on Mashla. Jesus. That That is your notes on Mashla. Well, okay, so Mashla. <laughs> so uh, Mashla, uh, Mashla magic, Muscles and Magic. Muscles and Magic. Is That's what we recommended last week. Yeah, so. it was. Um, so I read 10 chapters. Um, it was in the middle of a confrontation. So I did read into chapter 13 or 14. So it does have redeeming qualities. I will say that it did. It's funny. It's funny. I do enjoy it for laughs. It is funny. Like, on screen, I would bust out laughing half the time. I think this will be a decent anime. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of good funny stuff. But... It's definitely an action comedy. Yeah. yeah. But from what I think from what it suffers so far is that there's nothing really driving the story that intrigues me. And the characters themselves don't intrigue me at all. Like, it doesn't help that the plot and the main character are all ripoffs. They're all ripoffs. Yeah, I think we even stated this in the yes, previous episode, but the main character is a ripoff of, of uh, Saitama from One Punch Man. And the mob psycho guy. And the... Excuse me, I don't know his name. Uh, mob, yeah. Mob. And yeah, then the mob they... Then the situation or the I, the plot, the I guess, setting. is setting is Harry Potter, basically. Yeah, it is exactly Harry Potter. They even have a Quidditch match. Which they have a like, Quidditch match. What the fuck? fuck? They, have, they have groups that are like three different groups. There's one bad guy. There's one bad group who thinks that everything, like they should all be like oh pure bloods. God, so dumb. Like yeah. they even have like uh, Gandalf as the headmaster. Excuse me. Uh yeah, well not Gandalf. I know who Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yeah, God, we're gonna get, like, you're gonna get eviscerated on yeah, that. Every episode is just every uh, chapter is just more ripoffs, and it's just it, I think that's also what causes for me at least it's hilarious because you know for a while it's like oh there's magic in the world all right so it's there's magic they go to a school even the drawing of the school looks just like Hogwarts I'm like okay that's kind of funny yeah and then they all have like class there's even one class where they rip out the yelling root that's just from the movie that is that's an exact rip off from Harry Potter and it, yeah. I'm just like are you serious right now this is it, no this is exactly the same like how 
I think that's the part that a lot of people are going to struggle to get past, is that it is a huge ripoff of both of those series. Now, granted, that's kind of why I picked it for the overpowered power tier, because I will say say that MASH is definitely not like a Saitama character. He seems to... He seems to take damage. We don't know how much damage. He seems to take it. Well, I like I like his design better than Saitama because at least he's in a world where he he has an attribute which he can't keep up with, right? Yeah. It's like the Rock Lee of magic. You right, know? right. He can't use ninjutsu. In this case, he can't use magic. But he overpowers himself and punches his way through any problem. Literally. Yeah. Um, now, Saitama, he is... Just looks like a regular guy, but he is actually an, the best the guy, the best super yeah. superhero. Well, and we established in his world. I don't know if there's magic, but there's like psychic. There's all kinds of other powers. So yeah, that's true. But I and think he's not. Uh, yeah, and he's not outmatched by any of them. Whereas sure. Mash is in like his own kind of tier, where he can keep up because he's really really strong, but he can't cast magic, and so everybody has kind of like a natural edge over him. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's what. That's how hilarity ensues because he literally, you know, rams himself or he literally physically solves any problem through brute force. I think that's why. Like, the the flying flying stuff. The flying one was hilarious, dude. No, I think my favorite opening was chapter four where they're doing the, like, Okay, you're gonna cast this spell to open a lock, and he just like breaks it, breaks it off. And the teacher's like, "The fuck is wrong with you?" I was no, like, yeah. well, oh, or the screaming, God. or the screaming root one where everyone pulls it out, and it's like, you know, fall asleep, and the thing falls asleep, and he's just like, whop, punch it right in the face, and it passes out. It's like, ah, oh, it's asleep. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, so, I don't think that's how that works. Oh, gosh, or even in the second chapter where they've got the words on the paper swirling around. It's like, please stop moving. And then he just, they keep going. He, like, breaks the pen. He's like, please stop moving. And then it's, yeah. Oh, my so gosh. It, it is hilarious. I will say that. But other than that, I just, I'm not intrigued by the characters. Um, I will say I, that's the way I kind of felt with One Punch Man to start. But One Punch Man at least had other characters that seem interesting, like, um, oh God, what's his name? The Cyborg. Cyborg, yeah. Is that his name? I don't know. I don't uh, Cyborg. I, I haven't watched him Cyborg, and then they introduced the... Genos, that's it. Genos, yeah. But then they introduced all the heroes, like all the level heroes, the top tier heroes. All of them had something interesting to me, like whether that be their own abilities, whether that be their, you know, their character, like the way they're built... All that stuff seemed interesting to me. It's like the whole My Hero thing where there's like a thousand main characters, sort of, and you kind of gravitate towards specific ones. This one, like all the supporting cast, to me, at the very moment, are still kind of boring. None of them really... Yeah, I will I will say that that is definitely a weakness of the story. Like, even the main character, going back and rereading it, I have found more depth to M.A.S.H., as a character, because you can definitely see aspects of him kind of standing out. Like, I love in the third chapter where, like, D- Dumbledore XP out of nowhere is just like, you know, I, I captured the soul of your grandpa and I'm going to run him through with this giant spike. And like, yeah, and he, instead of trying to, like, fight him over, he just tries to hold the spike up. He's like, I just have to outlast you. And he shows, like, certain characteristics, but at the end of the day, all the characters are incredibly flat. Like, they're there for a purpose. The girl is there because she really likes MASH. The 
hero guy is there as a rival and as a joke character. His roommate is there to help explain things and kind of set up goals. And then, you know, the Siscon is there for comedy and to kind of have a straight man and to also be kind of like the serious person with magic so you can see what magic can do. And to have a sub-story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has his own story. So there's all kinds of like... It's just that the characters are very bland. There's not a whole lot of creativity. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of future with their stuff. It's all very... Kind of like with the 300 Slimes thing. It's very straightforward. This is what they are. This is what they do. You're not going to get a whole lot else out of the characters. Yeah, I mean, for a, for comedic purposes, I really do think it would be funny to you know to watch. I think on the on the screen, it'd be hilarious. I just don't see how this is going to turn into a story that I'm going to want to continue reading or watching. Like, what's the purpose? They still haven't introduced a villain. Yeah, there are certain wizards that seem to be villains because they want to stay purebloods, but none of them seem intimidating. None of them really... I will say that it does develop, but I'm also not going to tell you to keep trying to read it. Maybe once it comes out as an anime, they'll do a better progression. But at this point, if you're going to have to read, like, all the chapters, it, 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 it is, it's, it's a lot to unpack. How many chapters are going on so far? I think there's only, like, 60, 70 no, so far. So it's not too bad. It's not too bad. But, yeah, I mean, I think they do introduce some villains. There's obviously, like, the big overarching, but I think they're very obvious kind of villains. Okay. I like some of the more mid-bossy characters, and that's also where MASH gets some of his characterization. You kind of saw it with the sister character. He's like, oh, he's not such a bad guy. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think there's there's a lot to like about this series. And personally, I still really enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a joke series. And I think kind of along the lines of 300 Slimes, it's also just a series. It's like you, it's what you get on the tin. Don't overthink it too much. And don't complain about how it's ripping off all these other stories. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it I, had, I, instead of a sorting hat, it has a sorting unicorn. Did you yeah. get to that chapter? No, I have not gotten to that chapter. Oh, oh my so God. if you if you really like like the beginnings of One Punch Man and the, just kind of how funny and quirky it was, this is for you for sure. But as far as I've, as I've read, there's not much crazy action slash development. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm excited to see the anime. Maybe that, like we said, that'll help me watch it. So for our upcoming week, uh, since we did our first actual anime review this week, I'm giving you an option. These are two manga that are going to be upcoming anime. I believe one is in the summer and one is in the fall. So they're coming up pretty fast. Nice. Um, So the first one is Moonlit Journey Across Another World, which is obviously an isekai, if you couldn't tell. Dang it. Um, It's our first isekai. I haven't given you one yet. Um, But yeah, this one comes out in the fall. Uh, The plot is essentially some heroes were brought to our world. They had a kid. um, And essentially they had to send him back to the other world. But the moon god, I think Tsukiyomi or whatever, from Japan gives him a blessing. And when he gets to the other world, the goddess there doesn't like him because he's ugly. Because apparently everybody in the other world is, like, fucking gorgeous. Like, 10 out of 10. So, uh, yeah. Um, And then it's kind of about his journeys because she doesn't like him. She kicks him over to the monster country. And it's kind of about him, like, interacting with people. It's honestly very similar in a lot of ways to 
the slime isekai. Which slime? There's three different slime isekai. The the one that you like, the civil okay. civilization building slime isekai. I was reincarnated as yeah, slime. Yeah, I was reincarnated as a slime. So very similar to that one. Yeah, she's not an actual slime in the killing slime isekai. All right, but anyway. Right. Uh, That's so, one option. What's the other? So the other one, and I think I already talked to you about this and you already hated it, uh, the Duke of Death and his Black oh, Maid. Damn it. So this one is actually, despite what the title says, this is another slice of life anime. It's about a duke who was cursed by a evil witch. I think it's established that she's the only evil witch. But anyway, um, she is uh, who to bring death to anything he physically touches. But he and his maid are like deeply in love. It's very similar to Nagatoro-san because his maid is, like, teasing him as much as possible. But obviously they cannot come into contact. And, you know, when I first read that, I'm I did I'm going to go to Horny Jonah. Probably. Yes. Yeah. This one is definitely a lot hornier outright than Nagatoro. But it's also, really? it's also incredibly... Well, you know, for now. It's also got a lot more... Maybe this is my personal taste, but... I think it's much more adorable than Nagatoro in a lot of ways because unlike Nagatoro where it's kind of like they're they're kind of like not sure, okay, I mean, clearly they have an attraction, but are they really into each other? I don't know. This one, basically in the first three chapters, it's yeah, like, you are oh no, they're way into each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair so there's a lot of, so there's definitely more of an aspect of like, okay, even though she's teasing him in these you know, ridiculous ways. They're definitely like really want to be in a relationship. Make see, see that, and they make that acceptable versus Nagatara, where people see that and it's like, yo, that's a little bit too much. Well, I think I think both come from the same place, right? Well, I think Nagatara, and it's tough because I don't think the age is stated in the Duke of Death. They're definitely like on the verge of adulthood, but we're not really sure. Whereas in Nagatara, they're still in high school. She doesn't look old, and I think that makes people uncomfortable. She looks very young, and she's in high school, which I don't really know what that means in Japan, like how old they are. So I think people are kind of uncomfortable with like a character like that teasing someone. All right, well, I yeah, pick yeah, yeah. the Duke. I pick the Duke. Okay, you're going to pick the Duke? All right. Only because I like Nagataro and the playfulness between the two characters, so I'm interested to see how they play it with two people that are outwardly accepting of each other right okay yeah i'll be i'll be interested to see what your take is i don't know i don't know how you're gonna feel about this one is your problem, when i looked into this the only problem i had with it is it's not set in the real world right it's like kind of fantasy i mean the guy can it, kill a person with his without so with just it's, touching him. it's got magical aspects but really it's more of a Victorian era kind of world okay i did see that so it, it's not it's not like everybody's using magic it's more like no, pretty much everybody's just human, and then there's a couple of witches oh, okay, out enough. there. So, yeah, because yeah. I like Nagatara because it is slice of life. It's high school, kids are going to school, kids go home, it's yeah, everyday yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll try that. We'll try. All right. Anything else you want to wrap up before we wrap up? Uh, no, I think that's it. Um, you know, please reach out to us at our email. What is our email again? RaleighAnime at gmail.com. RaleighAnime at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, if you have any questions, if you want to critique us, we won't listen to it regardless. Um, but we had a good time with this anime, and we're looking forward to how they all develop. We'll come back with an, another set 
of um, animes to review um, because we have plenty. And uh, next week we'll uh, let you know how we enjoyed Duke or did not enjoy Duke. Uh, yeah. What's the full name of it again? Uh, the Duke of Death and His Black Maid. The Duke of Death and His Black Maid. Yeah. Nice. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, very very dark. A lot of lot of dark themes in there. All right. Anyway, uh, as always, thanks to our listeners, and y'all have a great rest of your week, everybody. Stay safe out there. Adios. Yeah. Oh yeah. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Adios. <laughs> You're the one who brought it up. <laughs>